a lot of brands are trying um, and they are doing a pretty good job at getting influencers to come to their events and gifting. Um, I just don't think a lot of them are focusing on the campaign side and they don't see the the imbalance. Yeah. So it's great that you've chosen like 100 people to gift product to and, you know, maybe 40 of those might be black or, you know, from the BAME community. But um, did you choose any of those like for a paid advertisement to be the face, not just like paid to promote the products on their social media, but to be the face of your campaign. That's something I see a lot. So, but we have worked with them. It's like, no, but you work with them, but have you worked with them, you know, for your in, like external campaign that you put together? Tuned in to the conversation. For her, by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Welcome to the Conversation Podcast. It is the amazing Priscilla here, um, and I'm excited to discuss all things. Why is everyone looking at me like I'm not amazing? What the hell? It is the awesome Priscilla here. Um, We're going to be discussing all things influencer, which um, is quite interesting, can be quite controversial, so quite, you know, there's lots to talk about, I guess, when it comes to this subject. Um, But before we begin, it will be rude of me not to introduce, introduce, gosh, can't speak, the amazing people who are also going to be on this episode, including a special guest so let's start with our special guest Charlotte. Hi um so yeah my name is Charlotte Williams and I am the founder of 76 Agency and also a marketing consultant by trade um so 76 is an influencer marketing and social media agency and we focus on bringing diversity into that influencer space. Nice love it amazing I am Mona I'm one of the regulars oh no let's start again sorry I am Mag- Magic Mona I'm trying to copy Priscilla with the amazing. I'm Magic Mona. Lovely, that's me. Um, hi, I'm the um, amazing, awesome. Oh, <laughs> you guys need to get more innovative, honestly. <laughs> Boring. Copy Priscilla. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Um, so before the amazing Priscilla delves into the main conversation, <laughs> I'm going to start off with a bit of a... a, a icebreaker-ish but it's a nice kind of like way to enter into the conversation about influencers but before we get to that question I want to ask all of us here what we actually deem the term influencer to mean so we'll start with Mona if you could just let us know what you think the term influence means I I said earlier that I feel like influencer just popped up for me in 2019 okay the word just literally came out of thin air I think that influencer is somebody that has a influence on people. Are you allowed to use that when you're defining words? Use the words yeah, I'd say yeah. Because yeah. we know what influence means, yeah. 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 So an influencer is somebody who influences people. Right. That's interesting. Anisha? Um, yeah, I'd say the same thing. I think also, I do think the term is quite, I think quite difficult to define because you can be an influencer and have a multitude of roles. So like you can be an author or like... Um, a presenter or um, a, like a different type of celebrity. So I think it's quite hard because you got some influence who's ri- who've risen through social media, um, but then some influence who, who had like a expertise beforehand and now right. are using the pla- social media platform mm-hmm. to influence other people. So that's why I sometimes actually do get confused because I'm like, oh, what is actually an influencer? Like, yeah. is this person who's like an actor an influencer? Is are like yeah. are they technically an influencer as well? Is everyone an influencer? Mm. Yeah. yeah, Charlotte. Um. Yes, yeah, so when he, when he said about 2019, mm-hmm. it popped up. I think the word influence actually got kind of 
put in the dictionary of our lives in like 2016, 2017. So it is a really, a relatively new term. Um, But again, it's a generic term. It's Mm -hmm. a term that literally means everything. So the question, I maybe propose a question to you. You say that, um, you know, influencers influence, but do all influencers have influence? So that's yeah. something Ooh. I talk about a lot, is that... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Game changer, guys. No, but, um, yeah, the word influencer, anyone can be an influencer, that is a fact, but it's the idea of what are they influencing and who yeah. are they influencing. Mm-hmm. So um, there are different types of influencers. I run influencer marketing courses, so I'm the, probably the most... I could talk about this for ages, it might be yeah. quite boring, but it's something I talk about a lot, just really defining within the term influencer mm. what, you know what the different categories are and who actually are professional influencers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, that didn't even answer the question. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I get that. I kind of, I get your um, kind of, I guess, overview of it. Um, because for me, I, w- I would definitely say it is, it's like what, quali- I guess the question that would follow would be what, what qualifies mm. you? And, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of get the term a bit misconstrued because mm. they just throw it up and say, I'm an influencer because I have 10,000 followers, which is not actually true because if we look at like engagement and all that stuff, there's so many things that you mm. need to understand before you, yeah. Before I feel like you should qualify to say it, but mm. we live in a world where anyone can say anything. So um, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, I think my mum's an influencer. Everybody's an influencer Trust at the moment. Me, um, so yeah, I would definitely say somebody that has influence on something. Um, yeah. w- whether it's a sector, whether it's people, whether it's how we decide to eat, whether it's how we decide to live, whether it's how we style our hair, just that, I guess. And then moving on from that, it would just be nice to ask you that if you were an influencer now. Um, I know that Charlotte's done stuff with natural hair in the past, but maybe something else. And you were going to um, influence on something. What would it be? Like, what would your thing be? I can start because I already know mine. Mine would definitely be all things like travel, hotels. For some mm. people that know me will know that I go to hotels for like banter. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just literally like taking a walk in a park for me. I love, really love that. hotels. So Same I would just go. And um, a couple of years ago, I became a bit of a I was like undercover cop for Hilton Hotels because I went to one of the hotels, had a really bad stay. And as Priscilla is, amazing. I wrote <laughs> a really good review about a really bad stay. And they were like, oh, how articulate. And we really love how you... So they dashed me like 10 free stays for the year. So I was Ooh. like floating around from Hilton Hotel to Hilton Hotel throughout the year. Um, and I've done that for them. I've done it for Clayton Hotel as well. And um, yeah. I think that those, yeah, those are the main ones I've done it for. Teach where us I, how to do this. Influencers. <laughs> I know. I was thinking. My mouth is like, like if I wanted to do anything, it'd be that because I don't even just, it wouldn't be a case of like just doing it for the free state. I actually genuinely enjoy the experience. I, I walk through the door and I'm like, this door doesn't open properly. <laughs> like, oh gosh. You should really not have the window situated there because it makes the room feel smaller. There should be a mirror here. The lighting's dim. Like, <laughs> I, I am it. the the person that's like what the flip it could be like the Mrs Hinch of hotels yeah no honestly I'd really love to do that I'm actually looking at just even just reviewing them undercover I just I just really love it but yeah that's me moving on Tanisha what would you influence on um okay so two things the first one if I had enough expertise um I would love to let influence be like a mental health influencer Mm because that's that when I'm that's what's really like spoken to me over the last couple of years um, when I've been not not really a great place and stuff um, following m- mental health influences has been just super helpful super inspiring um, and I think I would love to like use that 
um, and help other people. Yeah. I don't think I have necessarily the expertise to do it, but if I if I did, then I definitely would try. Um, and then also, I've always been a fan of books and literature, so that would be another one that I'd explore. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I hope that this makes sense, because it makes sense in my head. I feel like I would influence on the topic of women being magic, because mm. I introduced myself as Magic Mona, but I am playing, I actually am but you're magic. you're copying me, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if we skip back to a couple of podcasts, I've introduced myself as Magic Mona. Um, Mystic. Mystic, mystic magic. Yeah, you get it, you get it. <laughs> I believe that all women have magic in them, and I don't think that everybody knows how to tap into that. Mm. So I think that mm. would be my type of vibe as mm. to the power that we hold within ourselves, taking up space, being unapolog- unapologetically you. But not, like, it. cheesy with it, though, because, you know, when people kind of yeah. jump on the bandwagon and they're like, ooh, no makeup on. Uh, nah, man, not that. <laughs> I don't care whether you've got makeup on, no makeup on, do what you want. Yeah. It's about what's... Just the magic that you have in you, that's kind of what I'd be about. Yeah. I love that. That's really nice. Um, I technically am, quote-unquote, an influencer, and I talk about makeup, skincare natural hair products, business. But if I could start again, mm-hmm. I think I'd just become like a home, like interior Ooh. person. Cause I'm constantly redecorating my flat and I never show it on on Instagram. Cause I don't actually, I don't think I know how to photograph spaces. I'm really good at like product photography, but not spaces. So I think I'd learn how to do that. And then I would just have like an amazing blog and um, Instagram focused around home like interiors because yeah. really cool. I'm obsessed mm. all I do is pin on Pinterest like oh, nice. each I have one for each room in my house and oh obsessed. really yeah. oh. serious serious yeah <laughs> oh that's cool I love so. that Pinterest is such a happy social I'm social obsessed media. with Pinterest yeah. it's one of like the it best is. ones yeah yes, I do love so, it so cute I do love a bit of Pinterest well um you know, now to dive, I guess, into the main conversation now that we've all decided how we're going to get our million thousand followers. <laughs> um, this makes sense. Million thousand. What the hell? Um, <laughs> gosh, I'm a mess. <laughs> You're um, not a mess. You're amazing. Oh, my God. And awesome. And awesome. Thanks for reminding me, Mona. Um, magic Mona. I... I actually, strangely, I did my dissertation on influencers before it became like a major thing, which was really interesting because now I'm like, that's why I always say to people, I can predict anything because I literally predicted what's going on right now. So yeah, you can book me. Yep, I can let you know what's going <laughs> when on. When did you graduate? Twenty thirteen. Oh wow! Yeah, so I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> amazing. Um, so, <laughs> so like during that time, I because I was really interested in in this rise of th- watching, because back then we had like Jenny Jenkins. Yeah. For me, yeah. Like, black yeah. Girl. yeah. She, she taught me YouTubers. how to do my eyebrows. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, great. <laughs> I think back, but yeah, she taught me how to do my brows um, and like just looking at Jackie Ina and people mm. like that who like really, they, they didn't, influence to influence the way people influence nowadays they just literally found a platform and were yeah. like I want to share what <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. and it was just so beautiful because it came from a real space of like I'm just utilising something that's available um, so it's just, it's like it's great so I wonder like just going to throw the question out there that why do you think people idolise um, influencers um, yeah start with Charlotte um, influencers are really interesting because I hate the, the term actually, but they're, they're really interesting because they are generally normal people. Yeah. It, not let's not. I don't think we should confuse celebrity with the influence that, that I imagine we're talking about now. So yeah. if we're talking about Jenny Jenkins and you know um, Jackie Aina, they are kind of 
YouTube blog influencers, yeah. not um, who have become like celebrity status. But they were normal people. Like, yeah. I remember watching both of them um, back in like yeah 2010, 2012, whenever they started. And they were just normal women sitting in their bedrooms mm-hmm. using YouTube as an outlet for something that they wanted you know to share Mm -hmm. and I remember I first started my my first blog in 2010 when I went on my year abroad and I wanted to kind of have a travel diary of all the places that I went um and then after that I was like blogging's really cool and Mm -hmm. I started a blog and then that's how I then like met a lot of my friends um through that but it was initially when I was um when I was doing beauty and hair stuff I used to wear my hair straight and I used to do lots of how to straighten your hair tutorials on YouTube. And I did that because I was A, bored at uni in my room. <laughs> I was in a very white space where there was no one apart from... The the saving grace I had was Shirley Biang Yang went to... I went to uni in Nottingham and she went to Trent and I went to Nottingham Uni. And she was, like, the first person I met um, around that area that was, like, just like me. Right. She was into makeup, she was into hair, she was into all things digital. And we... um. She gave me. A, she saw my YouTube video of of straightening my hair or something, and then she gave me a shout out, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're in Nottingham." We met up, and it was just really funny because she was just in her room in Nottingham doing videos because she was bored yeah. and she wanted to do something and that of interest to her. And I didn't have anyone around me that you know was into that. I, people used to take. Can we swear on this show? No, go ahead. People used to take the piss out of me, like, "Are oh, you sitting in your room filming yourself again?" I'm like. Yeah, because you're all boring. Mm-hmm. Like I went, I'm with myself, and then my my people, which yeah. will then later go onto YouTube. Um, so I get that. And then when I we'd go like shopping in Nottingham back in like 2010, 2011, there would be girls that would follow her around Zara right. and be like, "Oh my god, it's Shirley!" Mm-hmm. And I would at the time be like, "This is mad," but they were also people sitting in their room right. by themselves. Mm-hmm. So if Absolutely. you think about it, that's mm-hmm. where it's come from. Mm-hmm. And as they've grown, yeah it's even more exciting because they're bigger and they've got, you know, more um, opportunity and they're working with bigger brands. And I think they see it as, like, their friends have then become, like, celebrity status. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I kind of imagine it. Mm -hmm. But it's been like that forever, even when, you know, she didn't have 450,000 followers, whatever she has now. She had, you know, maybe a couple of thousand. Mm -hmm. It was people were still excited because they felt, like, part of her... Crew. True, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's been nice about influencer marketing. There's lots of negatives to it, Mm -hmm. but it has just been normal people. Like Zoella, for example, as much as we can slate her, I don't know if we would, but we could, um, she she was just a normal girl in her room in like the countryside part of like Southeast England, wherever she lived. And she, you know, was just a normal person. She didn't Mm. know if she wanted to go to uni and then she was like talking about that. And lots of people resonated with that. And then mm. watching her grow, mm-hmm. they became excited by her because she became that kind of mini celebrity. Yeah. Mm. An attainable celebrity. Exactly. Yeah. Not glossy TV celebrity. Yeah. Exactly. Which is different. We didn't have that before. Yeah. And this I think true. that's the key word. Um, it's one of the yeah. things that I've chucked in my disso. I was like, it's just about, it's about what's attainable. Yeah. You know, for, for a lot of us, it's with anything, any community, even if you've like, communities 
based on like race or culture. It's like when you see someone come out of your space if it's not great yeah. and then do something really positive with it, you you kind of go, oh, so that I can do that then. Mm. Yeah. That, so I think the closer home to home that is, like the more inspirational that person yeah. becomes because it's like, oh, this is not just like I went Brit school and I blew up. This yeah. is like down the road, yeah. started doing my dis- dissertation at the same time as me, can do makeup really well, is now actually, you know, having a real impact on how I decide to do my makeup or how I understand things like skin tone and undertones and like my hair texture and yeah. stuff like that. So it's it's way bigger than just, oh, I I like you. It's like I could be like you yeah. because you're just like me. Mm. Exactly. So what about you you ladies in terms of like idolise? Why do you think people idolise influencers and do you idolise any influencers? I think Idolise is a big word. I don't think I idolise anyone apart from my baby dad, Drake. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think... (laughs) Drake, if you're listening, it's magical motor. He listens, he does, every episode. I think the reason why people (coughs) relate to influencers is because taking it away from what it is today, because today I just think it's a whole different kettle of fish, Mm -hmm. but just taking it back to when it was a bit more organic, I think it's the fact that you could look at somebody that you've chosen to look at and I know that sounds weird I'll explain it because you know when you see celebrities like you say there might not be that much diversity and everybody kind of fits the same mould like I remember when everybody was going crazy over Selena Gomez and the Jonas Brothers and um, I remember having a conversation with my friend and I said you love the Jonas Brothers and this is no shade to my friend but I was like the Jonas Brothers don't love you like when you look at the girls (laughs) in their music videos they fit a certain stereotype Mm. when they're singing about the girls in their lyrics they're singing about a certain girl we do not come under that category Mm. like do you think right now if we walk past the Jonas Brothers they would know us and not that wasn't like you'll notice dimming. me anyway they would notice me sorry <laughs> can't cope one Jonas <laughs> <in particular>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not like dimming our magic down that's just saying how the narrative the narrative is unfortunately for us but going on YouTube you can select who it is you want to see and these people like you said they could be from your town they could be it's powerful to see somebody who looks like you mm-hmm. or somebody yeah. who has the same culture as you mm-hmm. or so, just somebody who has something they might even talk the same way that you do yeah. they might yeah, not look yeah. anything like you but they don't speak with a posh English accent they kind of have a bit of a slang to it and you're thinking yeah I resonate with that yeah. person mm-hmm. so when you watch these influencers it's a bit like I see myself in them however I see myself is how I see you and that's yeah. why I connect with you yeah Love it. Yeah, and just um, to kind of touch on that as well, I think the way that we can, cons- because the way that we consume media has changed a lot, and I think that's fed into the rise of influencers. So before, Absolutely. you'd watch TV programs and films, and that was it, mm-hmm. and that's how you knew celebrities. Mm-hmm. But this time, because we're getting shorter, more digestible content, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's and it's over like a period of time. It's not like oh, one one long piece of content that comes out once a year it's like every day you can follow their journey mm-hmm. you form a kind of bond or attachment yeah and it's like and it's part it becomes integrated into your daily life um and i think that's been like a massive part of the rise of the influence of, of yeah that like you feel like you know them mm-hmm. you're part of whatever they're doing you've yeah. watched them like seven days already yeah exactly this, yeah all throughout the week they're blogging and, and then yeah stories and then add and... that to the fact that they're the person down the road. Yeah. It's yeah. all just like one great combination. Yeah. <laughs> like perfect formula. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I, I, I think it's it's really interesting to have watched 
people who started off with like, you know, like Charlotte said, like a couple thousand followers become, you know, in the millions. Um, because people don't quite understand what that is. That's like a million people clicking follow. Yeah. Obviously, there's some some people that might tweak that and whatever. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But that is literally like a million human beings saying, yeah. I decide, as Mona said, to follow you. And mm. that means you to be on my feed or whether it's YouTube because I want to watch your content. I want mm. to be alerted when you mm. post content. Because it's not quite, content creation isn't easy. And I do think that sometimes there is a, there is like a negative um, uh, attachment to influence especially those that focus on on creating content um in saudi arabia they actually i don't know if any of you read about this where they recruited some influencers to come to the country and just kind of capture it through their lens which i find beautiful in a way because it's like it's a respect for someone's creative eye because you know you can't do it like they can do it because it's something that these people have been doing for ages like they know the angles they know you know they've learned how to you know take pictures they've learned how to edit stuff Mm -hmm. that like other people would have to go do courses for they've just sat down and been like you know I've just got to learn to use um, Final Cut Pro I've just had to learn to use it because this is my outlet this is what I want to do but just kind of going back a little bit to um, talking about like diversity within the whole influencer spirit especially I would say in the UK because I do feel like America is way more accommodating Mm -hmm. and the um, the uh, the audiences there are larger um, in terms of if I'm a black girl and I want to go there and I want to kind of like talk about my skin colour, there are loads of girls that look like me there, Africa, whatever. Um, but specifically, if, if, let's say we focus on the West. Um, it's like, you know, you've got the people in, um, in in the States and there's way more black girls, way more like Asian girls and stuff like that. Whereas here, I do think that influencers and the, the ones that we see on our ads and campaigns are more, it is more the Caucasian or the exotic, ambiguous look because that's what's nice um, yeah. to the UK oh, market. God. And when you do have a black girl who is popular in social media, the closer she, the closer she looks to a Caucasian or yeah. ambiguous girl, yeah. the more clout she's going to get because... Th- the, the what, Caucasian girls in this country just won't follow the the black influencers mm. as they might maybe someone like Jackie Ina because they connect with her personality in the States. So yeah. I just wonder what you think about diversity in the influencer sphere because I know you do a lot of stuff in terms of that and how you feel, I guess, brands can maybe tackle. Yeah, that. I think it's quite interesting. I think a lot of brands, a lot of brands are trying um, and they are doing a pretty good job at getting influencers to come to their events and gifting. Um, I just don't think a lot of them are focusing on the campaign side and they don't see the the imbalance. Yeah. So it's great that you've chosen like 100 people to gift product to and, you know, maybe 40 of those might be black or, you know, from the BAME community. But um, did you choose any of those like for a paid advertisement to be the face, not just like, pay to promote the products on their social media but to be the face of your campaign that's something I see a lot so but we have worked with them it's like no but you work with them but have you worked with them you know for your in like external campaign that you've Mm -hmm. put together Mm -hmm. and you've put more money behind um also something we were talking about before that we started recording was um there's a lot a lot of brands are dipping their toe in the diversity pool, which mm-hmm. is great and we're all for it, yeah. but they're lacking on the inclusion side. So they're mm-hmm. really trying to reach out to the people because they know that they need to. And it's great that they're they're seeing that there's an issue. It's great that they're seeing like, okay, you know, we are, we're not quite there yet. So maybe we need to invite some more BAME influencers mm-hmm. to, to join us. But um, they don't really know how to then make them actually feel part of 
the brand. Yeah. Mm. So there are lots of cult- like not all the time. Not everyone has the same upbringing, same background, whatever. Yeah. But there are times when certain influencers may not feel um, included on campaigns or included in certain settings because they they just don't they're not used to being around certain types of people and yeah. the the PRs don't really click with that they're uh-huh. like well because they're so used to being with people that are like themselves mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to say this really nicely no no <laughs> um, but yeah they're so used to saying to being around um, people that are like themselves and when they're not um, with those people they don't really know first of all sometimes they don't know when they're being maybe not PC which I've had before and secondly mm-hmm. yeah and secondly um they just don't know how to like nurture. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Nurture the influencer. Um, but there are some really great um, PRs um, in London that I've worked with or I know that are doing a really good job of like trying to tackle that. So yeah. I wonder, yeah. like, just on that, I wonder if some brands, that kind of again, what we're saying, trying to like tick this box mm. and jump on a bandwagon yeah. because they're seeing, it's almost like. It's like a trend. Yeah, exactly. Rather, yeah. rather than actually wanting, rather than at the core wanting to be inclusive and want, mm. because that's just how we should be as decent human human beings. Yeah. It's more like brands wanting to like, it, for them I think it's a business, yeah. a purely bit kind of business focused, oh well this is what people are talking about so we need to like start hiring vain people, getting yeah. vain people. And I feel like the, sometimes the motives are, the motives aren't very pure and that's reflected then in what they end yes, up doing in the actual totally. campaigns. Which is a, a, a thing, because it's like, okay, if it is a tick box activity, yeah. and it's because, you know, the general public are like, oh, this isn't what we want to see, that's great that we've got to this level that the consumer has, you know, the power to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have to make, you know, make certain changes to how they're conducting their campaigns, that's great. As consumers, we've, we've got that far. Um, and if they have to tick box and do it, at times I'm like, do you know what? Just it's fine. Just let it be a tick box. Yeah, Because yeah. I and a lot of people are like, we shouldn't. It shouldn't have to be a tick box process. You, start, you have to start somewhere. But though. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, some yeah. of these people are just so unaware, and yeah. it's it is purely ignorance, and it's not like a they are ignorant people. It's just they are not used to yeah. being um you know around certain yeah. people, and I don't think. I don't think it's always... I, d- I don't like to be the person that's like, oh, it's not their fault. But I don't think it's always their fault because they just... They were hired by someone. There's always yeah. someone above them, right? Yeah. So their team was hired and pretty much PR teams look and marketing teams look exactly the same. Yeah, like, I'm absolutely. always an anomaly yeah. in a team. Yeah. And I think um, these girls that... It's always, like, young females. There are a lot of blonde PRs. <laughs> white blonde PRs, which is crazy. But... And when you think about it, a lot of them probably don't have Asian friends, they don't have black friends, yeah. they don't have, you know, gay friends, and they're yeah. just in this bubble. Yeah. They're doing the job that they want to do, and they're just there doing it. And yeah. then there's people like, oh, you didn't have a black girl in your campaign, and they're like, oh, shit, we didn't have a black girl in our campaign, maybe we should get one. And if they're trying, it's just like, okay, you know, they're trying. Yeah. But they sometimes need a helping hand. And that's why I launched my agency, because I have I have lots of PR friends that you know, bless them. They don't need yeah. to be told all the time, you know, you're doing this wrong by the outsider. They might need some actual help and guidance, yeah. and guidance pro- like, professionally. Mm-hmm. Then I also have PR friends who are bloody amazing. Like, one of... Um, I work in um, with a, a quite a big brand, and I do their social media, and their influencer marketing person. Like, she is... 
like amazing and she's like white mm. and ginger and from up north and you think you know if she can get it yeah, how, <laughs> yeah but you know not everyone is like her i guess so. so what what i don't whose job is it then to educate yeah that's what that, oh. and that's what the really like i think tricky question yeah. is because if obviously yes it's they're, they're brought up in quite probably quite sheltered yeah life or whatever however you want to mm. say it they have probably some unconscious biases fine 100 percent. yeah but whose responsibility then is it to educate because this is the issue and, yeah. and that is and that I just don't know the answer to that question so every, it the systems of power but they don't know like, yeah they that, don't this know is the better. issue and um so every company will have a diversity and inclusion um objective like it's part of like every corporation's mm-hmm. like yeah I don't know what's called but I remember um when I at my last last job it got introduced quite late and the HR who came in was like I can't believe we haven't had this yet luckily we were a really diverse team so they were okay but um it's it's really important to have but then a lot of the people like the HRs probably don't really get it they're just having to go through a tick box activity yeah, yeah. so it is it's really difficult to say because if you don't have anyone that un- actually understands it then how are you gonna you know be good at the, the objective of being more diverse and, inclu- and inclusive. Um, so whose job is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. who it's knows? Million, literally the million million dollar it's everyone's yeah. job, but until they... No, they don't know how to do... Like, they won't know how to do it. Yeah. So it is getting people... Like, it is hiring, actively hiring people of colour, people from different backgrounds, yeah. classes, to join your team. Yeah. That is an education in itself. Mm-hmm. And then it's also maybe going externally. So maybe making sure that everyone on your team goes to it on a certain course. I don't know. It depends how bad it is. You have to assess it. Go on a certain course. Or you get someone in to help you, which is like something I offer. And I come in and we'll talk about, you know, how to make it, how to, you know, balance your influencer list or how to make your campaigns more balanced um, yeah. for, you know, a long term um, process rather than just like this campaign of yeah. 20 females that we want we'll get 10 and 10 um, no it's like long term how are we going to mm. make sure that we are yeah Doing creating right thing. Yeah. yeah I think um, I think a lot of PR companies need to be made to feel uncomfortable yeah. a bit because mm, I think I they agree. are comfortable in their little like hubs there you know and as you said I've been to quite a few events um, that have been planned by certain, there's a particular company that I'm thinking in my head but hey I won't out you and they've just <laughs> got like they they're all very similar let's put it that way they're all very yeah. similar and um, I remember there was an event that I went to and they had there was a mixed race girl that was on the panel and everybody else on the panel was white. And the girl was like, oh my gosh, Priscilla, you must meet. And I was just like, mm. why must I yeah. meet? Yeah. You don't need to put all the ethnics in a corner. We're fine. Yeah. I can talk to her. I can talk to her. I can talk to whoever I want. Yeah. But it was just so like, I know she didn't mean to yeah. be like, you must meet. But she also did mean yeah. to be like, she was excited. She meet. was like, oh, you and you. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're black. She's blackish. Come. That's also you know? an issue. Yeah. Which is like, they don't understand also like the nuances between like different races. 
places. Yeah. And, you know, like, I imagine all Asians would be Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or East and South. We all loved together. Yeah. It happens all the time. So it doesn't matter which religion you are or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're Asian, so it's fine. Yeah. And then, like, East Asian, it's all the same. And then Black, yeah. it doesn't matter what shade you are, you'll all be, like, lumped it's together. Actually, yeah, it's happened where, like, they're kind of similar situation but in like personal life someone would be like and they don't mean any harm they mean very well but they're like yeah I want to set you up with my friend oh, and then, and then it, and, yeah and it's just okay. like okay like it doesn't have it doesn't to really, just yeah. be but I mean okay and it's not even and also it's not the same race just like and, oh it's just because he's um, not white therefore yeah. I'm setting <laughs> you up he's my only other non-white you. friend therefore mm. I'm going to set you up with him mm. like okay great I've got <laughs> I, think, I, I think he's African I think yeah. he's too <laughs> I don't yeah. know I'm yeah, just throwing this out there you're both, you're both, you know. I was like, go no, say, it, say it, say it, say it. I dare you. Say it with your chest. <laughs> um, I double dare you. Yeah, God. before we fly off and start talking no. about yeah. partners and setups, um, just quickly, because we, we do have to slowly draw to an end. We can oh. talk, 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 talk. Um, but I just want to touch on two things before we do get to, to a conclusion. One of the things is qualification, because I think mm. this is a big thing. You know, if we look at media, and as you right, rightfully said, and uh, it's something that I mention a lot, social media needs to be... It, people need to understand that it is a valid form of like sharing information mm-hmm. like it's become mm-hmm. part of our news it's become oh, yeah. our TV it's become our yeah. our newsletter it's become all these little things that we count as like traditional media outlets the, like social media literally is a place I find out more via socials yeah, than sure, I do sure. like on Sky News or whatever yeah. because mm-hmm. it's just something it's, it's on the go we're usually on air we stalk whoever we want to stalk and things pop it's in up real time. the explore page yeah. is an absolute dick but mm-hmm. yeah you know we've got all these stuff that's there and we find out so much stuff through it but I think the problem that now comes with that if we've got these people teaching us how to even things about like nutrition and, and oh, hair God, and, so and, and our bodies and stuff like that and it's like, but but what then qualifies you to speak on this subject when you maybe don't even have mm-hmm. like the proper backing mm. um, to talk on that? You're telling people how to maybe deal with, um, I don't know, let's say someone's trying to um, lose weight or something or they're mm. talking about nutrition and guys and stuff like that. And it's like, you don't really come from an informed place. And I have a, a friend, Sophie, who speaks a lot. She's a dietitian and she's just always like, these influencers need to be stopped because they're pushing out certain diets that should not, like, people shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, she speaks very, like, out openly about it. Um, So what do we think about qualification? Like, what then qualifies you and how do we measure this? Because there's not a university of social media. So how do we then know who to follow, whether to believe what they're saying? Because it might sound like they know what they're doing, but one size does not always fit all. Yeah. I think people are just becoming really lazy because you don't need to be spoon-fed. Like, if you... It's kind of like take something with a pinch of salt and if it has sparked something in you, research it. Yeah. Check it out. Don't just buy this because she says buy it. Yeah. Ooh, just spat, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't just buy it because she said buy it. Like, get it, take what she said and research it. Go to the library, go on Google, check out what she's saying because if you're actually taking what people are saying for face value, then I think you've got the problem, not the influencer because I don't know this woman from Adam. Why am I going to do what mm. she said just because she said it in a camera? That makes no sense to me. Like, I remember when I first started looking into hair care products and I'd see this girl's got 3C hair and I've got 4A hair. I know nothing about it so I'm just throwing out words and numbers. <laughs> but I if I saw somebody who liked something, I would go to Superdrug or go wherever and open the lid, not saying you should do this, <laughs> stick my finger in the product. Okay, don't, do don't do no. that. No. <laughs> yeah, but how, I mean, I'm not going to go and spend £25 on this product because so-and-so said. Because when I'm broke, is so-and-so going to reimburse me? No. no but you yeah. can message them. You need... <clears throat> 
we could try. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, even with the diet thing, if they're saying this pill works, go to Holland and Barrett, read the back of it, ask yeah. the specialist before you just jump on it. Yeah. But I think when you put blame on them a bit too much, they need to take a bit of accountability. I think if you're young and impressionable, they're like 13, 14 years old, mm, yeah. you probably don't have the understanding yeah. to check stuff. So you're going to be quite yeah, susceptible so to like believing this stuff. Exactly. And I, I don't know how, how exactly. you could filter that Exactly. Out. And I think it's the same. We have to look at it in the same way as we, look, we would look at things like, I don't know, a celebrity on a um, clothing brand campaign producing a capsule collection or even things like um oh my gosh it's just gone from my head while i was about to stay <laughs> oh my gosh what was i thinking i don't I like that acapella though yeah, yeah. Really nice, right? <laughs> hire me um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what was i gonna say celebrities yeah diet books or dvds mm-hmm. when yeah. it's christmas or new year's and then all these celebrities go, oh my gosh, I didn't eat any turkey, follow me, and whatever. And they start teaching you how to lose weight. And it's like, what qualifies you? I think it's the same like motivation, the same reason why someone would go and pick up that DVD or that mm. book or whatever and buy it. It's like, we're as human beings, we're impressionable. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really easy as well for it to be subconscious because yeah, I know, completely. so even if you look at people like, I don't know, Melissa's wardrobe, I don't know if any of you follow her, but Hell she's, yes. she's someone that would say, oh, do you know what, I really recommend this. And like, boop, it's all yeah. sold out online. Yeah. Like yeah. kids, you know, people really do believe what certain people online say yeah. because yeah. they kind of feel like, yeah, you are qualified to say it because I know that by and large, every time I've tried it, it's yeah. been right. Yeah. So There's then what, something what, 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 with Melissa, I think it's, she will never, and she says this all the time, I am not a professional. Yeah. I am she not a that. doctor. I am not this. I am not that. This works for me. Yeah. So yeah. she always puts a disclaimer, which I think is That's really good. important. Um, and I think I had this conversation yesterday with one of my clients who is a personal trainer and nutritionist, and she was talking about Christmas and the diet situation, and she wants to create some content around that, how you, like, people, like how this is how you can get through Christmas without, you know, it's just one day, you don't have to eat, uh, you know, all of this, da, da, da. And she's just like, it's not one day, first of all, it's a holiday season. Mm-hmm. You're like eating chocolates from November. Mm-hmm. Like there are ways that you can, you know, live your the same lifestyle and indulge, but without feeling bad. And yeah. But she's qualified. She is a qualified right. person to talk about this. And I think it's, influencer marketing is really difficult because it is still not a standardized industry mm-hmm. and this is something that i struggle with every day mm-hmm. there are influencers out there giving information that they should not be giving Absolutely. because they feel that they can and they sometimes don't even realize that they can't that's like mm, an issue yeah. because they are not educated enough to realize that they do not have a degree in science or they are not a doctor so they yeah. shouldn't be saying these things and it's you know a fault on their side but also they didn't realize yeah. um so the ASA and all of our like different bodies that you know deal with influencer marketing um, with the, our industry standards are getting to the point where they're like, okay, cool. So you have to put hashtag ad in, in front of things to mm. make sure that you know the consumers know that it's an advertisement. But that, as far as I'm aware, yeah, they haven't been like, okay, if you're talking about certain things, you should maybe disclose that you were not a professional in that industry or maybe stop people from being able to talk about certain things yeah so i think there's a long way to go but again it's a really new um yeah it's a new industry you you know we had our bloggers and youtubers and you know starting from i think like 2006 or sometime up until um there was like there's been different levels yeah Yeah, stages to it so we had the originals who were literally just you know the girls in their bedrooms Mm -hmm. and people just writing like blogs and then that you know, the news outlets picked those up because they were doing a better job 
at selling certain things and then you know a quarter of the internet use ad blockers so we're not able to see most of brands ads so influence marketing has come become the most mm, important part of yeah. marketing for a lot mm-hmm. of um, industries and a lot of products so it's evolved really quickly because people have jumped on it really quickly yeah but we haven't sat down and thought how the hell are we going to make this into a sustainable industry that will continue and will not um harm people yeah like it's great that we're using hashtag ads but what's the next step for it so i think yeah. it's, it's really important there's a conference next week it's an influencer marketing conference i'm going to it it's the first time i've seen it so i'm not sure what it's like but i'm hoping that they will address those kind of things yeah. not sure if they will but i think if that is going to be addressed it will be in spaces like that yeah where all the you know influence marketing agencies and professionals will come into one place and then right. it's when we can have actual conversations right yeah. so let's see you know as time things progress but i think that's like the biggest thing we need to standardize the industry and no, i think that's absolutely. the only way that yeah. oh, sorry the only way that we're going to figure out how yeah. we can make sure that we're not harming yeah, people online just to add on to what you said quickly priscilla um, about being young and impressionable i know that if i'm saying it incorrectly jamila jamal that's it oh, I has been acting out and um, speaking out a lot and yeah. i'm pretty sure instagram has to set an age restriction now mm. on diet pills and all these type of yeah, dietary do, yeah. things yeah. to protect the um anyone under the age of 18 mm. so change is coming yeah and knowledge is going around because i think that's amazing right what yeah. she's doing right now that's yeah. an amazing thing to protect I was going to say, she gets, like, so much stick as well. Mm. Um, she gets, I think, quite really unfairly attacked because, yeah, she might, like, say for certain things she might have her flaws, but like, at least she's trying to do something. Yeah, and she yeah. is yeah. doing something. And, but she gets attacked for, like, oh, but you, you, you know, you wear those makeup and you're naturally quite beautiful, all this kind of stuff, so therefore you're not allowed to speak on these these issues. Yeah. But, but actually, she's been through a lot mm. to get to that mm. way. She's had loads of, like, prob- like, like, health problems, all this kind of stuff. Um, so this, I'm going. This is just me, like defending. We love. Are you her management? No. <laughs> 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 you're looking for a manager. she's done so. I just want to say she's done so much yeah, good in, in that way. Yeah. And I think uh, she gets unfairly attacked a lot yeah. by the press, and I don't know why. Yeah, I think I think people's problems with with her. I'm, I'm going to come off the first subject, but I think the problem that people have with her is um, it kind of does kick into the when you look at qualification. Qualification doesn't just have to mean um, like having degrees and, and knowing about stuff it's also about when being um wholesome in your uh in your debate and your fight mm-hmm. like sometimes people are like yeah we all need to be like caring to people and, and women we were fed up with people bashing us and whatever but it's like but do you care about all women for real for real like yeah. are you actually down for like all women or are you like is it is it compartmentalized is it yeah. certain types of women is it only yeah. when you're doing a campaign for boots that you're, you care um because i do think again a lot of like more of the grassroots people that are doing the work at the ground get ignored and then people like her just get automatic fame because she's because she's pretty because you can't ignore yeah. that no, and yeah, I think people do ignore their privilege yeah. and even myself I ignore it like you, we all have an yeah. element of privilege mm-hmm. and I think sometimes the frustration can be like the even like down to like curvy model, curvy models I always say the big bum big bust yeah. smaller-ish waist yeah. girls will get the pretty little thin campaigns top heavy smaller lo- lower you know, legs, yeah. smaller legs. Mm, you ain't, nothing, we ain't seeing you on none of the campaigns. The Tabria majors who I love, all these beautiful, thick, strong, tall, beautiful women. Unfortunately, that's, that, that's like acceptable thickness. That's acceptable yeah. curvy. Yeah. There's so, always an accept- yeah, it's acceptability. Like, is yeah, acceptability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have to kind of look at that and just kind of say that, um, 
and just kind of say that it's really it's really key for us to not ignore the fact that you've got access to some kind of privilege and I think yeah. even looking at the whole Tarina Burke Tarana Burke Tarana Burke that's how to say her name with the whole Me Too campaign thing it was like she was just completely like ignored mm-hmm. because people said aesthetically she wasn't as pleasing to the eye so what was the name of the uh, of the girl Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. When oh, she yeah. came to to, to the mm-hmm. ground about it, then mm-hmm. it's oh, we can listen to you because yeah. we want to look at you. Yeah. But when she we says, we could it, imagine it. That's exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, these are like real everyday battles that people go through, and yeah. I think that sometimes yeah, can be the issue. Um, it's sure. not her fault. You can't make no. yourself look different. Yeah. Um, and you can't tick everything. And I'm a big believer that people need to stop crucifying people for for who they are. Yeah. Especially women. I can't change. I am. Like, yeah, I can't make yeah. myself tick all the boxes, yeah. but at the same time, we need to be, just be aware of it. Like when yeah. you're speaking on something, just make sure you're just kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll, let me give this person five a five minute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like let me yeah. bring this person on. Um. So yeah, gosh, we can talk forever. <laughs> um. Just very quickly, I just want to ask us: Do you think influencers are craving to share the real? There was this Esna O'Neill girl who went through her Instagram. I think she had. Was it two million followers? And she just deleted 2,000 pictures on her social media because oh, yeah. she was just like, listen, I'm done with this. I can't be bothered to pretend like I'm drinking a coffee and going, huh? And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to take pictures like this anymore. It's boring. Um, we're seeing a lot of like big mainstream influencer relationships breaking up where people are just, it looks, it seems to me that people are kind of like over it. Yeah. Um, like they're just kind of like, meh when it comes to the whole thing. I think once they get to a certain point, so how long will I fake fake? Um, so what what do we think is is the future for influencers? <laughs> and um, do you think that we're we're moving closer to a space of more authenticity within the mm. within the um, uh, space? Do you, Gosh, you know, that's loaded. As in, Anisha? the only thing I was going to say, I think you're probably in a better position but to <laughs> answer this. But uh, no, the only thing I say is because it's such a new industry, there's no future that's already happened we can't see what yeah. what, what the outcome is going to be exactly. and i i don't i don't understand how it can be sustainable for your ho- for an influencer's whole life to what they like where does yeah. it end like until they're like 60 yeah. 70 years old like talk how, about this all the time What's the end do, like, it hasn't been around for that long so we don't know but yeah so for 60 years i've got 60 years worth of instagram posts like yeah. constantly yeah, yeah. Influencing. exactly <laughs> just, it's a bit baffling influencing at 70 I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no there are there are influencers, influencers. so i think um i have like lots of things i want to i want to say but um so what's next for influence marketing so um we've kind of seen it like the wave mm-hmm. so a few years ago it was all perfect breakfasts like mm-hmm. avocado on toast perfectly laid out a contrast really high saturation really high everything was like perfect imagery mm-hmm. and there are still a few influencers that still do that making beautiful unrealistic content right but that's what everyone wanted mm-hmm. now nobody wants that and they want real I'm quite unquoting with my fingers here real content where it's you know we're, we've changed our filters. They're a bit darker. They're, you know, a little bit grainier. All the pictures are candid, quote unquote, but they've taken like 300 pictures to get there. Um, I'm saying this out of experience. Um, but, you know, the trend has changed. Yeah. And then I see there are influencers that are still posting images that are, you know, from that old school trend of it being perfect and then get, getting absolutely slated online because, you know, they're show, showing a you know, unrealistic um, part, unrealistic lifestyle. And so, well, they've been doing that for, like, 
10 years yeah. and all of a sudden now you don't like it mm. which is re- really difficult to see because they're not doing anything wrong it's just now it's wrong um and i just think it's it's really interesting because they're content creators they are here to create content and depending on the type of person they are and the type of content creator they are they make different types of content so mm. i think it's really interesting to to see you know consumers point of views and then be like oh i don't like this i like that that's fine but there are certain people who like certain types of content and the influencer marketing scene has progressed now they are content creators but this is our new term and it's a term that a lot of influencers are using for themselves because they don't want to be known as someone who's like trying to influence people because as you said they've spent years grafting learning how to use all of the photos um, editing software the video editing software they've bought all the camera equipment they can do their own podcast they can do anything mm-hmm. because they've spent so many years figuring out how to do that yeah so they are actually professionals in their own right yeah. and like mini kind of media agencies in their own right because yeah. they they have the resources to do everything Absolutely. so it's kind of annoying to see people like slate certain influencers when it's like well if you asked a photographer to take that picture yeah. would you slate them right yeah. so i think um I think we are looking to a future of more authentic content because that's what the consumer wants to see. But when we say authentic, what does that mean? So, you know, it will still be staged because how authentic can a picture be when you're trying to promote a product? You Mm -hmm. have to still stand in a certain way so the product can be viewed. I'm doing a lot with my hands and you can't (laughs) see me, so it's really um, redundant. But, you know, um, it's going to be more, you know, it's going to be more real, but as real as it can be. Yeah. And then, you know, video content is obviously through the roof at the moment. Most platforms are made to praise video content. Like Facebook, for example, uh-huh. if you use video content on Facebook, your Facebook page will you know, grow a lot faster. Yeah. So maybe we'll see more video content rather than stills. 100%. But um, yeah, I think we're in for a bit of a change. And I'm excited to see the change. Yeah. But I just don't know what that will be. And do you think it will just continuously expand? Yeah, it will just, I think... I'm hoping that at some point we will get this standardisation that I'm like waiting for and people will be kind of allowed to have that job because being an influencer is a career. I know I have yeah. friends who have bought how like a house mm-hmm. and, you know, have a pension and like have all this stuff from being an influencer and they, you know, they get paid regularly by different brands or their ambassadors. So they've got regular income and that's their job, that's their career. And you know, when they finish um, being a beauty blogger, they may have a child and they become a parent blogger. And after parent blogging, they might go into consulting for brands because you know, they've got all the knowledge because they have the insights, they have the the skills and they're just going into the brands to help out because they can. Mm. So I think it's just, yeah, when you're saying like, um, what's the next step for an influencer? It can be anything because you know, I have my agency because I was a blogger mm. and I then worked with influencers throughout my whole career with different brands that I worked with and then was able to form an agency and have a career from it because I learned all the, the lessons. Yeah. And I'm tiny. So imagine like these people <laughs> with like millions of followers, the potential that they can have. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's just, yeah, what they will do with that potential. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. For good, for evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully which, for good. Which I guess is all in their hands. Well, this has definitely been a chat. Um, <laughs> we could go on and on and on, yeah. but we don't have time. Um I want to eat lunch. I don't know, whatever it's called. Um, so whatever it's called, what am I talking about? Whatever 
whatever the time permits is what I mean. Um, thank you so much, Charlotte. We really, really yeah, appreciate you having you. your expertise as well to bless yeah. our pod. Um, all the regulars here as well. Uh, you guys have had a good time, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Always yeah. lovely. Always a pleasure to chill with amazing Priscilla. So you know where to find us. It's at Women of Power. You can, I hate how we need to just shook her head. Um, um, please stay connected um, at Women of Power UK. We have ton, tons of events and stuff. And you can listen to some of the other podcast episodes that have come out as well. And we have a new website coming up, which I keep talking about in all the episodes. I'm really excited about it. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just good time. It's a good time. So. Um, again, thank you, Charlotte, and we're signing off. Bye. 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 <laughs>